0: One thing, and speaking of being bounded by past and things, um, if I'm honest, I always think about songwriting and performing songs, and would I be able to do it with my grandpa in the audience?
1: (laughs) This is Champagne is Also a Band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box Studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champaign is also a band podcast is a member of the Champaign Showers Podcast Network. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I'm here with Cole Bridges, and you may know Cole from such bands as my brother, Harrison, Elsinore, The Annas, The Fights, and Primitive Lights. Oh, and you also will know Cole in his project with Cole Bridges and The Overpass. Cole, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for letting me in. Today, we're going to be listening to your song, Never Been Dirty, which we just recorded in the studio, and this is a yet unreleased song. Let's just uh, have a listen to it. Let's do it.
2: Got a metal detector out walking the yard. I've been following beeps every morning till dark. I found a buffalo quarter and a knob for a door. Old rings of keys and some other things I just don't know what. Therefore, for, but I keep digging more holes, and scratching old scars, cause I need something to do, and I don't work on cars, I left my love in a bed, well it must have been for two years or more. Till that telltale heart got too bored And popped itself through the floor And then she packed all the clothes And just walked out my door Tell me what does it mean To feel so washed up When you ain't never been dirty But you still don't feel clean Tell me what does it mean To feel so washed up No, you ain't never been dirty But you still don't feel clean Tell me what does it mean Give me a flat in the city Or a shack in the country A farm by my hometown You know anywhere really Just make it something surprising Not like dust on a shelf Cause you can drive yourself baddie Hiding and seeking oneself Cause you can hide in a corner yeah you can hide in a barn yeah you can hide in a field but you'll never get far from the voice in your head like an overflowing cup tell me what does it mean to feel so washed up You ain't never been dirty But you still don't feel clean Tell me what does it mean To feel so washed up No, you ain't never been dirty But you still don't feel clean Tell me what does it mean To feel so washed up tell me what does it mean to feel so washed up? tell me what does it mean to feel so washed
1: up? welcome back and i guess as is my favorite question to always ask is does the music come first Or do the words come first when you write songs?
0: Well, up until very, very recently, um, it's always been words first for me. Just recently was able to, I don't know if able to is the right word. I have just never really think about writing songs very much unless it's about sitting down and writing some words. I guess that's where my my need or want to make music comes from. Or I guess it's specifically songwriting comes from uh, wanting the, the story to be there first but that being said those tune i wrote recently where i did the music first that was also a lot of fun it just i never really i don't think i think musically too much i think i think more lyrically huh if that makes sense Uh, i mean i would almost say
1: the narrative quality about all that that i've noticed in all of your songs is um is evident that that you have a story from beginning to end and you're trying to convey like an event in some ways, you know, yeah. your stories from your life or whatever. Are, would you say that a majority of the songs that you write are specifically autobiographical or would you say that they're observational or?
0: At the core, it's auto- autobiographical, even if there's mixed metaphors and things in there, I think it all t- kind of ties back something that's going on in my old, noggin but i think more recently post playing with the fights and playing in that band i've i'm trying to reassess my motives for songwriting and my motives for playing music if that means i'm going to write more storytelling type songs that don't necessarily have me as a focal point as an individual or maybe you hmm. know depending on how i'm feeling if it needs to be a song that i feel is very personal and autobiographical i you know i'm not i don't really have a have rules about it but i think for a long time there i was writing songs that for better or worse kind of focused on what i was dealing with as a real person yeah <laughs> but it's fun it's been fun lately to try to um, reimagine that a little bit and take myself out of it a little bit more if that's possible
1: why do you feel it's important to step beyond just your own personal experience and and your own narrative
0: like i said re- reimagining or re assessing what it is that i even want to do musically or play play musically i think what i've come to lately is an understanding and a respect that when i'm going to write a song it's to be shared with other people if i'm going to share it with other people what do i want our shared experience to be like not what do i need this song to be for myself but if other people are going to hear it too why do why do they care about or why should they or do huh. they care about me as the person and what I'm dealing with in my day to day? Or is it maybe just lately I've been feeling like it'd be more fun to try to write where the story was more communal or the the story was um, maybe not so much uh, the, that old experience of let's go see a show or listen to music and just listen to music and think like, oh, that person with the microphone, it's about them. This is about that person right. like I want to I want I don't want to feel that way and I feel like I spent a little too much time maybe uh, focusing on trying to define myself through stories in my songs trying to control the narrative about what kind of person I am maybe, if that makes sense. It's sort of like a subconscious thing. (laughs) You know, that was never like some sociopathic manipulative thing I was trying to pull off, but I think maybe subconsciously that happens a lot in songwriting and I'm trying to check myself a little bit. That's really interesting because I think some of the
1: more universal tunes or lyrics tend to be ones that are simple and... Hmm when you're more specific about your own life, you may potentially lose that universal. Is that
0: what I'm kind of hearing from you? Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's just like I said, how I've been feeling lately and wanting to kind of like, keep that in check a little bit all in the spirit of sharing it with other people and letting, hmm. letting other people who care to listen to my songs live or otherwise, like I want them to be in on it too. try to yeah. avoid the old guy with a guitar. So w- with that
1: all in mind, how do you think that this song, you know, Never
0: Been Dirty, fits into that spectrum? I think it's um, it fits in with this new spirit in the sense that, you know, right off the bat it's just kind of, I guess... About a person with a metal detector, which one I don't own. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> so it's just more of a—it's just more of a story. It feels more like a fictional story, at least to start. You know, by the end, I can't help but get myself in there a little bit. But but I like to think it's just sort of a—it paints more of a picture, and hopefully not a picture of me in the listener's <laughs> mind. You know, like I hope it can be—it uh, can be themselves. It can be anyone. I have to know who you are to know that
1: this is not you, right? In yeah. some ways, <laughs> yeah. because I was like, well, it seems, it seems reasonable that you may have, you know, had a relationship that there is some debate as to whether who left whom, but really mm.
0: she left you, <laughs> you yeah. know? Well, I feel like it, that just the fact that there's questioning about it, um, it allows the listener to sort of fill in the gaps a little bit more. Hmm you know? Yeah. Um, And it can be more of their own story, whatever they want it to be personally with the tune. And like the line you just referenced about a relationship coming to an end. And I do indeed use the word she, I kind of think about it as she as in like naming your, your ship or your, um, or your guitar or your gun or something, you know, (laughs) like, right. Because for, you know, if it were to be a strictly autobiographical tune, like, just in my case, it's a, it's more about my relationship with, with music. I think Hmm. that song has a lot to do with my relationship with music and playing music and performing and things like that. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, But I like to know that other people might hear it and just be like, Oh, that's that one person who I had a falling out with or whatever, you know, it can be, it can be whatever.
1: I guess I was thinking most of, most of the day, and I had a weird correlation as, of course, I'm vacuuming the stairs. Maybe even my own quest in terms of how to interpret some of these things. I, I was thinking about the concept of clean. Hmm. And I don't know, as I was cleaning, how, how you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how sure. genius. I was thinking as I'm cleaning the stairs, I'm like, well, you know, the fact that I clean these stairs, no one's actually going to notice that these stairs are clean Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. they're just not dirty right yeah and i and i kept thinking like how what things do we do to ourselves that it's like it's not actually this process of being clean it's just a process of not being dirty because nobody notices whether you're clean or not it's just they just notice when it's dirty. I mean, let's go back to that. Would you call that your chorus? Would you say like that? Tell me, tell me what does it mean to feel so washed up? The line is to feel so washed up, not to be so washed up. Yeah. Which I I always feel like that's something that happens to me as I get older, as I just, I'm like, like instead of seeing myself as someone that's constantly improving or has room for improvement, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's more and more feeling washed up than being
0: washed up, you know? And I don't know if that's... I think that's um, for sure an um, important distinction and then it leaves the question of like, what does this, what is this feeling? You know, what does this mean to feel this way? And then it's up to, it's a choose your own adventure, I guess you get to, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) everybody gets to decide what that feeling means and what you're going to do about it. I think maybe we could both agree it's not a nice feeling to feel over it or washed up or whatever one might say. But I think it is important to understand that it's that's not what you are or what I am or what anyone is, you know, like everybody's got the, the chance, hopefully the opportunity to um, self-evaluate and uh, change, make changes where necessary. Mm. <laughs> nice. So yeah, I do True. think that's important. I'm glad that you said that.
1: When I read the line, when you ain't never been dirty, somehow my mind always goes to the thought of... You've never really had a real job unless you've gotten dirt under your nails. Mm. Is is something that I always think about? Is like if you've if you've never really had that opportunity to work so hard that you you get blisters that you have dirt under your nails that you just I don't know I I yeah. I'm not saying that that's the be all end all sense of existence, but I feel like those that don't get that opportunity may never appreciate getting a really honest day's work kind of feel. And then to like balance that off with the, but you still don't feel clean, mm. you know, I'm like, well, maybe it's just because you've never gotten the opportunity
0: to be dirty. I kind of think about it in two two ways, I guess. Thinking about fe- the, just the feeling of, being washed up, I guess it all kind kind of ties back to that and has a little fun with that language, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. feeling washed up, we don't necessarily think about that as a term that means you're clean, washed up, especially in, like, a music community means, like, you're just over the hill and, like, you're, you know, you ain't relevant anymore or <laughs> whatever. So that's more of the, the starting point for that process for me. And I think never been dirty, it kind of means, for me, something to the effect of I haven't ever really gotten to a point where I was so caught up in my musical life that you could say I've been washed up. I'm going to put it in a little bitty nutshell. And it's, if you've never been relevant to begin with, then how the heck are you going to feel like you're relatively irrelevant? So that, that's kind of the, that on one level. And then another level, just sort of like, I can't help but hear words like dirty and clean without thinking about drugs or drinking or something like that, Mm -hmm. you know, and me personally, you know. I like to have fun, but I've never had too much trouble as far as bad habits. Kind of ties into the bigger picture of a folk Americana country songwriting too. I think people like to present a very hard image sometimes, and Mm -hmm. you know, I don't. I think that's all kind of just bullshit. Like, I mean, some people do live hard and great. That's that's cool. I just I don't I don't like playing into those. Tropes of country songwriting, where I'm—I'm I'm not trying to seem like I'm some badass, you know, you know, like Chris Gaines. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's kind of. Um another aspect of the whole dirty dirty yeah. clean line and it's like so if i haven't been struggling with a you know habits or addiction or anything like that but i still like don't feel clean then like what is this that's that i'm hung up on like what is mm. standing in the way of that uh, that sweet release <laughs> of clean, yeah. of cleanliness mm. so I th- that's kind of where where my head space
1: is at with that even though you say that it's not necessarily autobiographical there is a tone of familiarity i think that you try to convey
0: that's very warm i i don't know it's it's like an invitation well i guess in the spirit of talking about this song and like i said earlier it's like i couldn't help but get myself in there a little bit by the end like the first verse uh-huh. to me is this more image rich fun character fellow who's um out walking around his yard a metal detector and then by the end by the second verse after the first chorus there's kind of just this like very flat like you know give me this or give me that or you Uh know what whatever and uh i guess that to me feels maybe a little bit more autobiographical in the context of this song definitely did you actually start
1: off with the idea and concept of a metal detector first or had you started with another verse first? I don't know. I feel like there are definitely these three sections and they're they're tied together, but they're not they're they're different kinds of stories that get brought together. Was the metal detector the
0: first part? I think it was with this song actually. This was only the second time that I've done this, but I had a day at work where I was um, usually at work over uh, over the years. I've spent a lot of time alone, mm-hmm. whether that was at a workbench or out in a field, or I, I'm alone a lot. <laughs> and so I feel a lot of time listening to music or listening to podcasts, just so I'm not like out there alone with my thoughts all day, every day, all year, because I drive myself crazy. There's been a couple of times, and this is the second time with this song where I didn't listen to anything and I just started the day and I kind of let my thoughts form the lyrics for the tune and like line by line, the story just built all throughout my workday. And then by the time I got home, I had in my mind, like recited the words so many times that I had it memorized. And so then when I got home, I would write it down and then I would put it to music. Well, the story or this song, whatever you want to call it, like it formed itself line by line in my imagination all day while I was at work. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So, so I I mean, I couldn't tell you why I thought about a metal detector or whatever, but I do dig an awful lot of holes at work, so that probably has something to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you
1: know to me yes there's that line about feeling so washed up like you don't you may not be as relevant as you once were or you may be out of touch that kind of feeling but what comes out in each of this sections the the verses is is that searching is that f- trying to find something new and exciting but
0: yet being bound by the past yeah i think um uh Whether it's this song or any other song I've ever written (laughs) (laughs) probably has something to do that you can trace back to, yeah, what you said. (laughs) Gotcha. Cliff notes of uh, my songwriting.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, even if you're just like, oh, you know what, I can, I can live wherever the hell I want. It's just like, that's fine, anywhere. And then, yeah, you can, you can hide in a field, but you'll never get far from the voice in your head like an overflowing cup something new and wonderful is bound by our sense of the past where it's like we limit ourselves by what we've been
0: through rather than Mm. limit ourselves by what we can be it almost plays with the whole grass is always greener kind of thing like well if i'm Mm. feeling stuck and i just want something different then you know you could go to a city you could go to country or farm whatever if there's a moral to it hopefully it can come across that um it's got to be an inside job <laughs> at mm. first like the 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 work is you're never going to feel free unless you can you can get in there and do the work to yeah free yourself from those those limitations like you were talking about or mm. free yourself from the past not not to forget it but to understand it in such a way where it's no longer feeling like a big old weight on you And that's not to say that I've achieved that because I sure as shit have not. (laughs) But, um, but Uh, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a hopeful thought. I think it's a goal to be able to um, understand oneself well enough to the point that you can love yourself and, and be at peace. I think for me, it has a lot to do with aging. And like I said, my relationship with music and um, being in the process of trying to reevaluate all that and reassess it and reframe like what does it, What does this mean to me? I've found that I have to kind of, quote unquote, maybe not care as much. But that doesn't mean that it's not important. It's just I have to um, allow myself to respond differently to music than I used to. I used to hold on so tight and get so upset about this or that. Or, um, you know, just Hmm. driving myself crazy. And I'm not going to let myself do that anymore. Not because I don't care about it, but because that's just not a healthy way to interact with a thing that you love one thing and speaking of being bounded by past and things um if i'm honest i always think about songwriting and performing songs and would i be able to do it with my grandpa in the audience (laughs) and that's not i don't use that as a tool That's not something that I think is a good idea, but I, if I'm honest, that thought is always in my head yeah, because it, it has a lot to do with like, just, I don't know, my insecurities, you know, um, about being accepted by family and things, (laughs) But but it's, uh, but it's always there. And I think, when i think about it's sort of like what i was saying about like wanting to share songs with people like the idea uh, is the song is for the song to be shared i think i maybe there was a point where i was writing songs where i was like well i'm going to share it but i'm going to share it with these types of people i'm going mm. to share it with people who are more or less just like me or you know share similar beliefs and feelings and highs and lows whatever but more recently i feel myself wanting let grandpa in the bar (laughs) like I want to be able to sit there and play songs that everyone can find some find some meaning in or find find nice and if it was me being drunk and yelling a song that I wrote seven eight years ago like I would be you know grandpa would hate it (laughs) right well yeah (laughs) and like I said I don't I don't think uh, all songs have to be written for grandpa but just where I'm at more so lately I'm hoping that I'm hoping that it can be um, more relatable Mm. to anyone and i and i don't like we're saying i don't want it to be like some sort of performance piece where i just go up and show how how upset or worked up i can get you know Mm. because then it's just again like back to that thing of like the performer is that person on stage with the microphone they are them Mm -hmm. we're out here on the floor or whatever like not a part of it we're all just here to celebrate the presence of that person and I, i don't want it to be that so much anymore not that it ever was too much, hopefully, but that's where yeah, I'm wanting to be. Do you feel like that was kind of
1: your role in the Annas? Because I've I've saw you a few times while you
0: were playing with the Annas, or as you were the Annas. Um. Yeah. Well, I think with the Annas, I wanted to. There's a lot going on then. I think the nature of that band, I wanted to uh, be in a punk rock band. I wanted to be in a punk rock band, but that's as edgy as I could get. <laughs> was writing yeah. those, those kinds of songs about as edgy as I could pull off, I think, and not be I, totally full of it. Um, I Ain't Scared mm-hmm. seems to be, to
1: me, like spoke to that talking to your past in a way, because in some ways that, you know, does speak to that past, but also kind of confronts the the things of the past. So, anyway, listeners, go ahead and check
0: out that song as well. (laughs) Well, I think that's a good point, and I think it kind of fits into the context of this larger musical evolution that we're kind of talking about. That's an example of a tune that was very literal and very autobiographical, you know, and not to think that I'm the only person who has had those kinds of relationships or things to work through with their family, but it was very much, you know, me literally writing to my mom and my dad in that song. And I knew they were going to hear it because they're the kind of parents who are going to like listen to what I do for better or worse. And yeah, I couldn't couldn't shake the thought of writing songs and, and not address the elephant in the room with them and some of that stuff. Right. <laughs> um, but so that's the kind of thing that I did do. And I think it served a purpose and I'm proud of it. But I also am not going to write a tune like that in the foreseeable future because it's just too much too much about me i think i'm just bored with myself maybe
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man you should write a song about how you're
0: so bored with yourself oh yeah that could be interesting i think this one could fit under that category
1: i don't know if there was anything else you wanted to like mention about this song or like if any like fun little facts or
0: like weird Uh, things that came up or well i guess um in this you know being a fan of your podcast i know you like to have the person come on and uh pick a song that they might consider their favorite or one that they're proud of and this song for me and I think it's always been this way where the song that I'm into the most is going to be the one that I wrote most recently yeah because it just sort of uh is where I, where my headspace is and where I'm at so it's the one that's doing me good at that time yeah not to say that as time moves on I end up hating them all or whatever but this being a very recent song for me it just feels it just feels fresh and it feels good And, um, so thanks for letting me do the, throw you a curveball and want to record it in your studio and then, and then talk about it.
1: Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champagne has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week, they can be reached by phone at 217-398 Maine. That's 217-398-6246. So Cole, uh huh. You've been in the champaign Urbana area for how long? Since the fall of 06. So that's
0: you know, thirteen years.
1: Was it music that drew you to this
0: area to begin with? Or, um, to be completely honest, I moved here just as it was a complete fluke. I'd never, I didn't know anything about Champaign Urbana. Huh? I, I grew up in southern Illinois, a few hours south of here, and um, I had graduated high school and basically didn't have any plans or ambition to do anything other than play music. That wasn't sitting too well with my folks. <laughs> so Thank i had you. to figure out something and my, i have an older brother who was moving up here to go to the u of i he had completed community college down south and then uh, was moving here to get his bachelors or whatever as an older brother who really i at, certainly at that time was not very close with at all he just threw it out there like hey you can move to Champaign. there's a community college there it pleased everybody i got to move mm. away from yeah. home which at that time i desperately wanted to do i had a girlfriend at the time in Chicago, so it split the difference between me and her. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> I got a little closer. Parents were satisfied. I was going to a community college and uh, had an apartment with my older brother, and that's how I ended up here. Yeah, the first night that I was ever in Champaign, we stayed in the La Quinta Inn <laughs> by Seventy Four. Uh huh. Um, and then I was going. I went to Parkland College. So that night it was nighttime, and we drove to parkland so we just took uh neil street to bradley bradley all the way out to parkland you know at nighttime and that was my introduction to champagne i was like well i guess i live here now (laughs) yeah how did you discover that there was a music scene here to tie it into that story of being at the hotel by the interstate they had a copy of i guess it was the buzz the Mm -hmm. campus's newspaper weekly paper and mostly entertainment based stuff Being from a small farm town in Southern Illinois and having always been a musician, just seeing something like that, seeing something like The Buzz and then opening it up and seeing that people were talking about music and that there was a calendar for live music. I've certainly had never lived in a place that had anything like that. And it's funny because I remember Seth Fine was writing at that time. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember... Buzz in the era where Seth yeah. was writing. And I can't remember what it was called. He had a column, though. And anyway, he, um Seth Fine was a writer. Michael Coulter was a writer. But, like, Seth was talking about a downtown festival and how, like, I can't, and I can't remember the facts or details, but, like, he mentioned the headlights, who I'd never heard of before. But he was talking about how it was important to in- incorporate local original music into the city's events and things like that. And, like, that was, like, crazy talk coming where I was coming mm-hmm. from, and I thought it was, like, some of the most radical shit ever, just the, <laughs> yes. thought, just the thought that there was a newspaper where you were allowed to say things like that. It kind of immediately gave me a, a good impression that there were people who were working, you know, there was somebody writing about local music, there was a band called Headlights that was local, and so mm-hmm. I immediately, from my stay at the hotel, <laughs> knew that some, something was going on, so that was a good good sign. And then um, shortly after moving here, I I went to Mike Ingram's open mic night at the Cowboy Monkey religiously. I was probably uh-huh. 18 or 19 years old, and I would just go, and I would sign the list, and I would have to wait. Like, say, the bar closed at 2, I would get to play at <laughs> one fifty, and I would uh-huh. just play a couple of songs, and it was like, you know, playing on a stage... Having, you know, a nice sound system, playing to a room of strangers. It was the most exhilarating thing that I could have, <laughs> could have been doing. <laughs> so had you been doing that before? Um, I mean, I had bands in high school. Um, I always played in bands and I had been writing songs for a while. You know, I'd certainly performed, and I grew up not all that far from St. Louis, so I, we would go to St. Louis sometimes and play, and I would see concerts over there. So I wasn't, like, completely oblivious to how um, independent music worked, but um, to be able to participate was a new thing for me, for sure. Do you have a favorite champagne urbana venue? You know, I, I frequent um, the Loose Cobra and the Rose Bowl, the Iron Post, too. Like, those three bars I think have, I've always felt real comfortable at. I think they do a good job of, of um, respecting live music when they do have it, making it an in- integral part of their business and also treating people nice, you know, while, yeah. when when you're there um, to play. The Loose Cobra could be just a little bit bigger, you know? Yeah. <laughs> there could be yeah. a little more room in front of the stage. Yeah. But like, I mean, you can't, you, you know, there's, there's pros and cons everywhere. Like, it, so i mean yeah you could you could pick them apart like yeah uh, but, but that's uh, also kind of what makes it special that, too yeah. is like yeah it's cramped
1: but it you know it's like you and maybe 25 other people get to <laughs> yeah. be
0: like that close to yeah these great bands
1: you yeah
2: know? well
0: sure i mean as a, and you know matt is one of the best at treating musicians well yeah. as far as just thanking them and being nice to them and um doing what he can as far as the money front goes yeah um But yeah, so yeah, Loose Cobra, Rose Bowl, those are definitely a couple favorites of mine. Yeah.
1: Is there a concert that you've seen in Champaign-Urbana that's just, just stands out in your head as like the most amazing show or,
0: or your favorite or? Well, like sort of like I was saying about songs, usually my favorite song is the one that's most recent. Uh, So I'll, I'll try to think of something I saw not too long ago. You know, the... I was really moved by the bottle rocket show at Rose Bowl recently. I don't mm-hmm. know if you did were you yeah. that? Then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm well sorry. I were, I came to see Angie Heaton. Yeah. And then was, I was oh, just shoot. like, Well, I guess I'll see. We talked that night. We talked before we played. I know you were there. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, no worries. Oh. <laughs> by the end of the night I, there were a lot of folks there. Um but uh that felt really really special to me. It 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 seemed to um be kind of a landmark show for the bar in terms of its new ownership and management yeah and um a band like the bottle rockets who usually play venues that are much larger than that you know for it to work out where they would they said yes they're going to play it all these people showed up most of whom i'd you know the Bottle Rockets fans are rural people from everywhere, <laughs> so it's yeah. like all these folks showed up and filled the bar, and I didn't recognize a lot of people, which is always fun, you know. Not, there's, there's certainly nothing wrong with being on a show where you know everybody, but it's, it feels, uh, it feels, um exciting when when you don't know everybody you know yeah and for it to sell out the bar that night and to know like it sounded so good those guys have done a lot of work to improve the sound system since they've taken over to have it sound so good and um you know kudos to bob for always doing a good job on sound but that that just felt like a it it made me really happy to be there that night and I felt a lot of joy just being in Urbana seeing a world class band sound really good in this old honky tonk bar that my friends own now like it <laughs> it, yeah. it felt it felt really nice and I mean sir it's always a treat to play with Angie too so I'm glad it worked out that we got to be on that bill
1: those two fit very very well together and um I feel like most of the people that would go and see the Bottle Rockets would be would either they're familiar with angie's work or they would like angie's work i feel like they fit they fit really well together you know granted i i love angie's work but i also love the fights and always have loved the fights so i love this combination it's like (laughs) uh, why did my mind just go there i'm like it's kind of like when you've You've had two good friends for a really long time, and all of a sudden they start dating It's <laughs> yeah. perfect, right, Well, Angie keeps trying to date Clayton. and he just won't oh, go for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was I was super excited to see that combination at the hogshoot Opry, so
0: oh yeah, sure, yeah. well, you know, I mean that's not an official venue, but you can't help but acknowledge that the hog shoot is a is always a favorite event, both like as yeah. a spot to see a show to um play a show yeah so the barn at the calix center that's probably my favorite venue (laughs) i um i would i would agree my favorite
1: non-venue venue venue,
0: yeah
2: you know (laughs) yeah
1: what do you feel like the champagne urbana music scene could really do better
2: well
0: hmm i think a lot of things Um, I got that. <laughs> but, uh, and that's not to say I necessarily think all these things are, are things that need improvement. But um, after being a member, like a participating member of the music scene for like going on a decade or more now and having a lot of friends who have done the same, musicians, we re- work really hard in a, in a lot of different ways. I don't really know many, if any, musicians from here or who live here who play here who really make any money doing it Mm. (laughs) um to the extent where they're able to sustain themselves in any effective way and so that's a very loaded thing to say i realize because like you can't just say well i think one thing i would do is pay musicians more because it's like well how how are you going to do that so there's a lot of moving parts in a in a music scene my point there is saying most musicians that i know Especially, you know, when you get to be in your mid to late 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, you're going to have a full-time job, right? Yeah. So you're working 40 hours a week or so, whatever. And then on top of that, art is so much more than a full-time job in every way. You know, it is your life while you're at your full-time job. You're thinking about the art that you're going to make or you want to make when you get off of work. You know, so you're working a full-time job. You get home from work. You're physically and mentally tired because you just worked the same amount that most other people in the country are working. And then on top of that, you're going to, like, try to collaborate, mix schedules, have time to devote to creating art that is worthwhile, not only for your own fulfillment, but also... If you're going to share it with people by recording or playing shows, you know, it just takes a lot of, a lot of work. And then on top of it, it seems like in the last few years, there's a drought of people who are fans of music who are contributing in meaningful ways, if that makes sense. Mm. There, there doesn't seem to be a lot of music journalism. There doesn't seem to be a lot of people documenting shows like whether it's photos or videos or reviews. Promoting, like a lot of times the promotion for shows is on the bands who are playing, who just spent a lot of extracurricular time practicing after they got off of their full-time job. I feel pretty exhausted a lot of the time. And so to speak hopefully constructively critically I think it could benefit from people being more involved in meaningful ways and that's people who are fans of music people who love music who like going to shows but don't necessarily know how to play an instrument or sing or write songs or whatever I feel like there's so much room for the scene to not just be about the bands and the musicians in those bands but there's so much room for creative writers or photographers or videographers to your credits then that's why this this podcast is a really it's just it's a really cool thing, but it's also very important because when they're when you do something like this, musicians feel seen and heard and validated, hmm. you know. And without that, you're just like in a vacuum, kicking yourself in the face, you know like i'm writing these songs and we're having these practices and we're playing these shows and it's like who is this for it seems to be (laughs) happening for like the other people who are in the other bands on the bill and so like without some acknowledgement coming from outside sources you kind of just feel like it becomes very um well masturbatory after a while (laughs) yeah yeah if that makes sense i certainly want to make it clear that i i do think shows are worth, obviously shows are worthwhile. And I've played so many shows where it's just me and the other musicians. And I, it doesn't get me down, you know, like I, I'm a musician. I'm an artist. Like that's what I, that's just what I do. It's not a choice as like, is this going to be worth it for me? Like, it's just, it's what I, (laughs) it's what I do. I think about when people talk about music scenes, like what are one, I'm always kind of confused as to what people are speaking about exactly. Cause like, it's easy to think about, well, what kind of bands are here? And are these bands making good music? or not but like the way i think of them they're places that are like thriving uh synergetic communal bodies, right? Like where, where there are musicians and there are writers and there are fans of music. It all uh, perpetuates itself, you know, the more the bands are stoked because there's good turnout at the shows, the more the bands want to practice and like nail their shit. Right. It's exciting, you know, but like if you have done shows for a decade and you're used to like, "Eh, well, you know, there's not going to be a lot of folks there. It just is what it is, you know, then it's easy for bands to get complacent, I guess. I don't know. I'm sure that happens everywhere, you know? Well, when we think about magical scenes, like, right, like I feel like music scenes are things we're aware of because of Haight-Ashbury in the 60s and CBGBs in New York in the 70s and Athens, Georgia in the 90s and, or like, Mm -hmm. you know, like we think about all these places and it's so romantic and they sound like these little utopias where all this creativity was blossoming, like for whatever reason, but like I always, there's a, I feel like in a part of those scenes that we probably imagine is that there were people at those shows. Like maybe there weren't. (laughs) Right. But, um, and I like to think that there's probably somebody writing about the shows. That's why there can be books written about the New York scene because it was all documented so well. But I think there, there could always be more of that. I think it, and it, and it's good for everybody. It it makes fans of music who aren't musicians feel engaged. If it's good to be engaged with your community in that way, you know, it makes Mm. every, it, I just feel like it's a, again, a healthy thing. I think for a healthy scene, it shouldn't just be musicians playing for musicians. I would love to see more bands getting out of town. And that's a loaded thing too, because like, sure, it'd be nice. Everybody wants to, if I could be on the road, I'd be on the road right now, you know, but I <laughs> it takes so much. Yeah. So it's not, it's not as easy as being like, oh yeah, bands get out there and tour. But I do think that a local scene benefits and, So many ways from having bands from within go out. I think it benefits those bands like individually, like just the individual lives of the band members improve because you're traveling, you're seeing new things, you're forced to play your music in a new context for strangers. I mean, it's terrifying and exhilarating and the best fucking thing ever. The bands benefit. Maybe because they go and they make more fans in some other place they haven't been before. Or maybe they go and drive eight hours and they play in an empty room for the other musicians. And then you come home, you have a choice. Then you come home like defeated or do you come home and be like, I hope next time we go there, there's five people there yeah and we want to be better (laughs) you know or like especially because you know a lot of times if a band makes it out of town to play some shows whether it's one or two or 17 or whatever it's a band that's at least taking themselves seriously enough that they're like this is a worthwhile thing to do like Mm. we're gonna go play st louis or whatever it's to be assumed then that they're doing pretty okay where they're from maybe like maybe when they play shows people are excited and uh, they're having a good time and that's what gives them the bright idea that we should go down the road and play some for these other people we don't know but then you go and you you realize nobody gives a shit about you Right. Two hours away. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like yeah. Nobody nobody cares. And that can really, really hurt and it can be really disorienting. But it can also be it helps you zoom out and like understand your art in a new way. It kind of gives you just a just a wider, bigger perspective on what it is that you're doing. Like if you played a show for nobody in some other city, but you still feel the drive to do it again, then you're, you know, then you get to ask the question like, what the, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? And why is it important to me? And that's going to inform your art better. And you're going to probably make some more interesting art. If you go down the road and you're like, wow, those people really didn't seem to care. It's like, If you want to go back again, you're going to be like, well, we're going to play some stuff that even those fuckers are going to like, like." (laughs) (laughs) you know? So I I think it it just, it helps. Um, It helps the individuals in the bands and it helps the bands. And I think the scene benefits when a band goes out on the road and makes friends from other places and then gets to say, hey, come see us sometime. Like, if you want to play in Champaign-Urbana, then you do that. And then, so it's just a, it's a network that feeds itself because... You want to play Tulsa. You ha- make some friends in Tulsa. You tell those friends that they can come back and play in champaign Urbana. And before you know it, bands are touring through here that didn't before. It's, like, right. it's win. It's a win-win. It's just. Yeah. It's a. It's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. I think for a scene. So, and having booked tours before and stuff, and having lost plenty of money before, like I, it's not a. It's not exactly a r- logical or rational thing to do (laughs) in a capitalistic society but um but i think if anyone's on the fence about whether or not they should do it i just say do it i think it'd be good a good thing for everybody
1: Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe C-U-C-C Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Cole, Uh what... Is your favorite non-musical thing? <laughs> well, today we're celebrating stag beer. Stag beer, indeed. <laughs> and I'm I'm ready to enjoy uh, to celebrate a little bit more. Just a second, let me. Uh, but um, no, is there something that that like just is your is your thing that like it doesn't specifically relate to music, but is? I mean, I, it could be to a certain extent musical, but it. It's just, hmm. you know, the thing that you do that's a little different. I mean, you said something about, you know, like camping and you're yeah, done, but you yeah. know, something, something other than that. Cause I gave you that idea. <laughs> yeah. Other, <laughs>
0: other than the camping. Yeah. Um. <laughs> My favorite things are usually leaving town and going into the country. I guess it's all nature-related stuff, really, when I think about it, whether it's jobs that I've had in the past, like my favorite jobs have been jobs where I'm working with the land. I just got back from two nights of camping in Indiana in a state park where we Mm. did hiking and we did cooking on the fire and all that stuff, walking with the dog, like... One of my favorite places in the world that I've been is um, my family's farm in Southern Illinois. If I have a free weekend, it usually crosses my mind, like, do I have enough time to go to the farm and come back before I have to work again? I kind of like the seclusion and the quiet and the bugs and the trees and the fishing, and like, it all just fills me up in a really nice way, in a way that not really much else does. You know, music does, but it does it in in its own different special way being out in nature and being alone (laughs) i think or you know with with loved ones you know but um but really just the quiet like getting away from the the old hustle and bustle of things Hmm. is is probably my new my uh my non-musical favorite thing yeah i can't beat it well cole Mm -hmm. thank you
1: so much for coming out and talking about your song never been dirty um, for a second I was like never been clean um, <laughs> either way <laughs> uh, thank you for talking about your song Never Been Dirty thanks for coming on well sure thank you Span.
0: thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast this is Cole Bridges reminding you Great music is out there, go find it where you live.
1: You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Studio sound speaker on the inside.